A very warm welcome to my podcast, Ayurvedic Healing and Beyond. Uh, it's your host, Dr. Vignesh Devraj. Today, the guest that I'm going to interview, she is the founder of a coaching program called I Lead Beings, which is a part of a company called Lunar Coaching, which she's the founder. And she is a guest in my retreat, Sitaram Beach Retreat. She came for her own Panchakarma therapy. And during our conversation, she told me before she came to Sitaram Beach Retreat, she was attending a week-long program of Dr. Joe Dispenza. And on top of that, she said in her past, she has attended meditation uh, coaching programs of Dr. Deepak Chopra. And she started using all of this in changing people's energy and how they perceive their life and their work. And this was very interesting and the concepts of Dr. Joe Dispenza and Dr. Deepak Chopra is also something close to my heart as we include the mindfulness and the holistic healing in Sitaram along with the Panchakarma and the cleansing therapies and connecting with nature. So listening to her, it was quite interesting all the stories that she told about how some of the uh, concepts of mindfulness and meditations and connecting with your inner self changed many people's, not only their uh, productivity and performance, but also how they started improving their own health, including the digestive disorders, reducing the blood pressure, which I see it day to day. However, listening to, uh, listening to it from a non-medical person, it was quite interesting. So let me introduce you. Her name is Karin Lohner. The company that she runs is called LunarCoaching.com. And I will be writing more about this in the details about this podcast. You can look into that. So... Welcome, Karin. Thank you for being a part of this podcast. So could you tell us more about the, the programs that you do and from what made you get into such programs of mindfulness? What was the trigger that made you felt, okay, this is what I have to start doing? Yes, thank you very much, Dr. Vignesh. Thank you for having me. Uh, and it's my pleasure to contribute to uh, your uh, podcast. Well, I've been a, a professional coach uh, for 25 years now, and for over 10 years, I mainly coach uh, managers and leaders. And what I experienced during my time of coaching professionals was that they very often uh, came to the coaching session and described um, symptoms, body symptoms, physiological Symptoms. What kind of symptoms did you see the most? I would say uh, the most I saw was uh, uh, high blood pressure, um, insomnia, sleeping problems, uh, digestive problems, uh, burnout, of course. That was th those were the, the most important uh, issues I learned. And I also learned that coaching did help and I had some really impressive uh, examples like there was a 40-year-old lady, she was very slim, she was very sportive, she was uh, very, uh, laid very uh, good empathy, em emphasis on... Um, on her nourishment, but uh, she was not the type at all to have high blood pressure, but she had high blood pressure, and there was no clinical uh, source for that. Uh, 
she went from doctor to doctor and did not know how to. Oh yes, I mean, in fact, blood pressure belongs to one of those categories of uh, diseases where you don't have a cause. I mean, it's an unknown cause. They call it idiopathic. And uh, nine, more than 90% of the people suffering from blood pressure, it's called as essential hypertension, which is hypertension without a cause. But however, we all know stress can create that. And just by taking a pill and you know influencing your pituitary gland and telling your heart to function less, it's actually confusing the whole uh, intelligence of the body. And that is why we today most of the people are having that. And so we know that once we are able to handle our stress situation better, the blood pressure is better, but people are not able to understand where and what. So maybe that's where this coaching is helping. And what word did you find in her? Like what was the cause that created this? Well, we went into the coaching and uh, we came to the point where she was very touched and very moved when we were talking about not being good enough. She always had the feeling she was very professional and she was uh, in her career, had no problems career-wise, but she always thought she's not good enough. Not being good enough, I guess, it's a very universal problem. I mean, me being a doctor, I'm yet to see a person who really says, I am good enough. I'm sure there are people who feels that, but uh, the majority of the population, I'm sure they're having this I'm not good enough syndrome. So where do you think this is coming from and what? how can we come out of this? And then this particular lady, where do you think she got picked this up? And what did you do to change that? Or did you, were you able to change that? First of all, yes, mm -hmm. we were able to change it. She was very open, I must say, to because she she was really, I would say, fed up with the whole thing because she didn't know where it comes from, what to do. Mm -hmm. And, um, well, we went into her childhood mm -hmm. and uh, she had to take over lots of responsibility because she was a uh, sister, biggest sister of three. Her mother was raising them on her own at that time uh, and she had to take care of the whole family. So this, um, this res responsibility, she always thought, I cannot manage it. Mm -hmm. I cannot manage it. She did, but she always thought, I cannot manage it. And people always told her, you, you are too little, you are too young, you cannot manage it, and this was like programmed in her. So despite the fact that she did manage it, she had the feeling she couldn't manage it, and that was the source. So you mean it was more of a belief she picked up from others? And you said one interesting point, she was ready to change because mm -hmm. she was fed up. Mm. So you're saying that uh, would you say that frustration is a prerequisite to this change because you feel so done with it, I don't want to continue with this anymore because we see that a lot of resistance in people not to change. So you saw that there was this feeling of this fed-upness or frustration and on top of that you found out it was a lot of uh, uh, beliefs that she picked up from others. Is that correct? That is absolutely correct. Uh, I see that in many people they need to reach a certain point where they think it's now it's the time it's over now it's if I have to do something else because I tried everything on the 
material side. Some of them are taking um, uh, medicine. They're taking uh, uh, beta blockers or chemical stuff to get rid of the symptoms, but it doesn't help. So at this point where they kind of desperate, I would say, mm -hmm. uh, they approach me and we go into the mindset. Desperation is a fantastic sign then mm. to change with that. And then once you understood these were her beliefs that she picked up that even though she was performing well but deep in her mind she felt she's actually not changing anything. How do you help them to change that? Well, what I do is to give them, I, I like to call it a GPS, mm -hmm. because I don't do anything for them. I just accompany them uh, during their way. And if they follow the GPS, they can uh, find their way to get where they want to be afterwards. Um, so the first thing we do is we um, reconsider what has happened and is this what you believe the truth or is it a belief that has become a habit? Because most of the beliefs become a habit. Wait, uh, would you say that belief is a repeated thought and then that beliefs become so strong that it becomes an autopilot habit. Is that what you mean? Ab absolutely okay. correct. Okay. It becomes a habit and it feels, and that's the, the really the problem, it feels like normal. Mm. So you don't, before something really, uh, uh, an issue is, is, is coming up, uh, it feels like, well, life is like this. And you take it and you take it and you take it and you don't even recognize that this is not the normal, but it is normed. The, the habit is normed, it's a norm. And I, I um, accompany those people to the consciousness that this is not the truth, that's a belief which has come to them from their history, from their experiences, from what they thought, how it should be, and uh, especially how they, I call them, uh, inner limits. They build up those inner limits and they believe in these inner limits. And we, uh, if you will, we crash down that wall. Mm -hmm. And it's a momentum. You cannot, cannot predict it. That's a momentum. We sit in the coaching and we are talking about something and we are talking about their experiences and what's happening and how did the belief come true. And then we come to a point where they, they, ha they have that, I would say, enlightenment. And they have that one situation that's crucial for this deep belief. And then we look at that crucial uh, moment and all of a sudden, it's open for them to look at it from a totally different perspective. And they go like, oh yeah, of course. And very often, right afterwards, they don't even remember how they could have thought like five minutes ago. Mm -hmm. so it's like a eureka aha moment. Yes.
Now, uh, to all the listeners, what would you suggest? You know, we all have some beliefs that we picked up and we believe that's the truth, even though that need not be the truth. So, how do we recognize this and mm -hmm. what can we do to change that? As we said, you know, not being good enough or in other words, we call it self-love or the feeling that I am enough. There is nothing more mm -hmm. that I need to do or be or have to feel that I'm good enough. Somewhere we are constantly bombarded with uh, advertisements, any book that you open or Instagram or Facebook you open. Everywhere there is a subliminal message. You're not good enough. You're not good enough. Somebody else is having a better life. You're not happy. So when we are so bombarded in such a I'm not good enough communicative world, what can we do today to change this syndrome and this pattern? Well, there are uh, quite some things we can do ourselves, uh, besides coaching, of course, but what we can do is um, to, again, I would say, meet ourselves, because we let ourselves go a long time ago, often. Mm -hmm. And because they tell us, if you want to be good, you have to have certain things, you have to be in a certain way, you have to perform in a certain way. Uh, we, we are all triggered to be high performers. Mm -hmm. And a very like normal in this way performance is not good enough already. So uh, what we could do is to find ourselves again and to find our well and to find our strength and our power. Uh, because all of those people feel powerless. Mm -hmm. So they have to go back and find their power within themselves. So what I do is first I tell them, uh, write down what you like in you. For example? Uh, that can be like very unimportant uh, things. Uh, like, like, I like to sing. And then I ask them, how does it feel when you sing? And they go like, tell me something, uh, I feel free. And I say, where do you sing? Yeah, well, I sing uh, in, in my bathroom when, my, when I'm on my own. And then I've asked them, why? Because I don't sing good enough. Mm -hmm. And then I have them sing in somewhere else. Um, and look what people do. And they do that and they recognize, well, uh, nobody is telling them uh, it's not good enough. People are uh, recognizing they're singing and they're not singing bad at all. And they get a response like, oh, you have a nice voice. Mm -hmm. uh, the other thing I tell them is um, ask your friends or a friend uh, if he would have to write down some words about you, what he or she likes in you, what would he or she write down? Mm -hmm. And I have them write it down. And then they usually are very astonished about what they have written. Because we always think everybody thinks I'm crap. Every, <laughs> this yeah. is the normal mindset. Yes. And they are astonished themselves. I have to get them do that very quickly before they start thinking because the moment they start thinking they go back to the, uh, their belief system and what I do what I call this uh, belief management mm -hmm. 
they, they start to manage their belief. Mm -hmm. And when they manage their beliefs, they start to lead their life. Well, that's how the word I lead, I lead beings come. Right, okay. right. Uh, this is what I think leaders should do. They should lead beings and don't manage uh, functional units because most of the people in the corporate world changed into functional units. And this is why they get sick, because they get empty. Because they feel they are not able to change anything. They are like in a part of this monotonous, uh, like one of the songs of Pink Floyd, it says, all we are is just a brick in the wall. Something like that. Exactly. Nice picture. Mm -hmm. Nice picture because also the brick in the wall um, shows you how, uh, how helpless you are because mm -hmm. you can't do anything because you're in between everybody and everything. Mm -hmm. Uh, so as soon as they free themselves, uh, they are on the path. And then I, uh, after I had the training with Dr. Deepak Chopra, uh, I start to give them... Uh, Did you meet Dr. Deepak Chopra in person? Yes. Oh, how yes. was it? How was the experience? Also, please do tell us about the meditation program. Yes. Well, hmm... That's, that's a question that is hard to answer because I think I can only say one word, presence. Uh, he's one of the human beings who are present mm -hmm. and there are hundreds of people in a workshop with him, but you have the feeling he's talking to you. Mm -hmm. And that is also, maybe you would say charisma, mm -hmm. But I like the word presence, because uh, if you are present, you are a present mm -hmm. for people. And you really have the feeling if you meet beings like uh, Deepak Chopra or uh, Joey Dispenza, mm -hmm. you have the feeling they are all over the room. Mm -hmm. They are here, they are with you. And that is very fascinating because even that does something with you. And they don't yeah, it's, even... It's have contagious, you know, we it's pick contagious. it up. You know. yeah. yeah, it's contagious. And interesting, it's as con contagious as the limiting beliefs. So you just switch Turn over to... Yes, yes. What did you learn from that that influenced your coaching program? And you also said that you went to one of the programs of Dr. Joe Dispenza as well. Well, I think what I learned the most is that with your own presence, it is possible that you can encourage people without saying one word. It's just the vibes... Uh, if you get in contact, because most people don't even get in contact with other people anymore, they don't uh, look in their eyes. They look onto their mobile phone. And if you are not in contact uh, with, uh, with, with your senses, then you get poor. And the poorness uh, shows in your body cells and they get poor, mm -hmm. and your immune system gets poor. 
And if you have poorness in body and mind, you open the door for sickness. And that is what I learned. And also, absolutely, I am a total fan of meditation. I've been meditating now every single day in the morning and in the evening for five years. And I wouldn't miss it one day. Some people say, okay, meditation, I tried it, it's not for me. Would you say it's because it's not for them or they didn't try it in the right way? I would say most of the people uh, are getting back to the performance attitude with meditation and you cannot meditate in, uh, in a performance attitude. And most of them think they have to do something special and they have to do it right. And now we're back to good enough to be good enough in meditation. Ah, so that's like another uh, trap. It's like that movie of Leonardo DiCaprio. We don't know where we are trapped again. <laughs> Absolutely correct. They are back with the meditation. They think they don't do right, mm -hmm. so they're not good enough and they can't... Uh, go into no time, no sp space, uh, and they want to be uh, enlightened mm. during their first meditation, this won't work. I've read somewhere, one of the spiritual teachers saying, the worst form of ego that a person could have is a spiritual ego, that he's egoistic that I'm quite spiritual. So I think we, don't sh we should not fall into that trap, that's, if that's what you meant. This is exactly what I mean, exactly. And if you... Uh, if you can bring them into like an inner ease mm -hmm. and tell them you can't go wrong there, you just meditate. And if thoughts are coming by, don't punish yourself. Don't tell yourself that's not right. Just let it come and then send it away again. And like we say the word effortless or path of least resistance, things like that. Exactly, exactly. And I tell them, just do it. Don't think, just do it, do it. But please, please do it every day for at least 21 days. And I tell them, if you have done it for 21 days and you think it's not for you, leave it. And I didn't meet one person who did not continue meditating after 21 days. So, going back to one of the problems that you pointed out in one of your uh, clients, that is, she felt she's not being good enough. So, would you say that this repetitive, habitual practice of meditation is one of the paths to feel that come out of this trap that I'm not good enough and where we bring in the concept of awareness deep inside? I would say so. Because what you experience uh, during uh, meditation is that actually there is no need. Because you are this being by being. And that's about it. And uh, it's nice to have things, it's nice to be able to do things, but you don't have to. It's not, uh, it's not that you uh, have to have certain things or be like a certain pattern or 
perform in a certain way. It's enough just to be. And that is a pivotal um, experience for them. So it's like meditation helps us to let go of that fight that I'm only if I be this, I can call myself I'm good enough. So once we give that up, we are saving a lot of that energy into focusing on what we can actually do in a creative way. So it's like an energy leakage that we have thinking, I should be that, I should be that. That is, I would say, the correct phrase. You, uh, if you if go into meditation and you just do it again and again and again without any expectations, this is what they need to know. No expectations. It's good. Whatever happens is good. And that's exactly what is necessary at this point for you. Not for, and, and don't, um, don't think that the experiences of somebody else have to be yours because yours will be very individual. And as soon as they leave the battlefield of comparison, the most work is done. Apart from meditation, is there any other uh, recommendation that you would give for people to bring in that awareness daily? Yes, there's another uh, very helpful uh, aid, and that is gratefulness. Wow, yes, gratefulness. When you're grateful, you're rich. When you appreciate your energy is better. Absolutely, absolutely. What I tell them is, in the morning when you wake up, uh, and I have them reflect what they do in the morning, and they wake up and they, the first thing is thinking about this and that and this and that. What do I have to do? What did I forget? Uh, what's going on today? And I have them uh, put themselves on a stop sign there. And I ask them to start their day with something they are grateful for. That they can stretch their legs and their arms. That uh, their son and daughter is... In, in, in the other room just waking up, uh, that the partner is next to them, that, uh, well, I would even say that they go to the bathroom and uh, just use one finger to have fresh water coming out of uh, the, uh, the water line, yeah. yeah. Um, that is, everything of that is uh, something you can be grateful for. And when they start this day, every day with gratefulness, that does a lot. And I ask them to do exactly the same thing when they go to bed. Their last thought should be, what am I grateful for during this day? And this can be a little, very little thing. Uh, somebody smiled at me. I smiled at somebody. Uh, and I have them smile a lot because... With smile, you uh, there are certain um, neurotransmitters and hormones released, and then of course your body reaction is different. So that's why smile is one of the best ways to enhance your energy instantly. Absolutely, absolutely. So you would say 
apart from the meditation, practicing this gratitude, uh, attitude of gratitude, and also to smile. And um, is, you also mentioned in one of our conversations that uh, breathing is one of the aspects that you focus in your coaching. So, uh, why do you think breathing has changed? Uh, of course, I know the medical benefits, but from a non-medical perspective, where do you see the breathing is changing that? Well, uh, most people I meet, uh, they seem to not breathe at all. Mm -hmm. so they keep, they hold the breath too often and too long. Mm -hmm. And then they do that uh, short breathing, um, and that is uh, pushing them a lot. And also, I mean, that's uh, your field uh, of competence. It does something in the body if you yes. don't breathe right. Exactly. And what they all do is they put their focus on nourishment. And they say they eat healthy and whatever they tell me. And they don't drink alcohol and they drink three liters of water a day. But still they have the problem. Yes, because the most important nourishing uh, element uh, they don't focus on and we in the Western world we don't speak about breathing which is uh, strange because uh, if you if you don't eat for three days or four it's not really a problem you can even survive for one month for one there are fasting where people don't eat for one month yes uh, if you don't have water that's a little uh, yes. critical but if you don't breathe uh, that is the most critical thing because then you're brain dead. So what we should do and what I do with the people, sometimes uh, this is it's really uh, sometimes it's funny and we smile and laugh. The, the, those stressed managers and uh, women, women and men, come into my office right from their office and they uh, came from that traffic out there and everybody. Uh, is crazy going crazy and they come in and they say hello and then they sit there and they go like oh and then I look at them and then I say just one word I don't say hello I say breathe <laughs> and then it's they another smile way of relaxing <laughs> yeah. yes yeah then they smile and then they breathe and they take a couple of good deep breath and then we can start instantly from a total different uh, fundament absolutely which was really interesting all the insights and inputs that you told us and how do you feel after this two weeks of your stay in Sitaram with your Panchakarma well how do I feel that's a very interesting uh question, I would say, like a new being, inside and out, mm -hmm. because what I recognized is, I think I have uh, something, don't laugh at me, I think I have something like a, a happy gut mm -hmm. now, it feels that I'm happy inside, I mean in my... That's why maybe we have this word gut feeling. Oh yeah, 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 right. And this did something to my outside. 
So people tell me here, oh, your eyes are completely different and you're smiling all day long. How do you do that? Mm -hmm. um, and it's, it's a kind of, a, huh, I would even say, a holistic happiness. Mm -hmm. I didn't have that before. I'm not an unhappy person, but this, this holistic happiness that where I think all my cells are happy, this is what happened here. That's a fantastic feedback. Thank you for that. And where can we find more information about the work that you do? Well, you can find information on my website, of course. That would be www.lonacoaching.com. And about the concept with uh, leadership and mindful leadership I'm practicing, uh, you find on www.ilead-beings.com. And also, I have some uh, short movies on my website where you can see what my clients have to say. Fantastic. Thank you so much for being in this podcast, Karin. And uh, I'm sure many people would benefit from this. And I hope that people will become more grateful. People will consider more on breathing deeply. And of course, they become more aware in their own thoughts. And thank you all listeners for all this uh, mindful listening and wish you a good day.